Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. From 45 to win the game! He's got it! The Tigers have won by a point! A kick out to the side! Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Inside Fantasy Sports Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever time you are listening to us, this is the Insight Fantasy Sport Podcast, and I'm your host, Rob Kennedy, the Super Coach Hawk, sitting here with my mate, the big horse, Mickey Del Deli. How are you, my friend? Robbie, good, thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, in particular, Carlton supporters, up the dons. Yes, sir, we are back. We are flying. And dare I say it, with a good run home, we could be playing for finals. <laughs> oh, mate, I love that you're up and about. It's good. I mean, if we're going to talk footy, I'm pretty up and about about my Hawks. To see them do what they mm. did to the Lions at uh, the MCG was great. It just shows that uh, all the nonsense and all the clickbait of, oh, what we're doing is tanking and all this kind of stuff, it just shows that the future is bright and we're unearthing a few young players. But, mate, your boys were, dare I say, two metres tall with Mr. Mm. Two-Meter Peter back in the lineup. They um, they just looked like a bit of a different side. It was good to see. Yeah, I think with um, I think we brought it up on a couple of previous shows that Carlton's lack of structure probably played into our hands a little bit as well. Uh, the indecisiveness moving forward and their inability to break a zone with uh, any form of ability to, you know, kick it inside, take the game on. Again, they were burning Sard a little bit. Very stop-start. It, it makes it easy to defend, especially a team like Essendon who now have a, a defensive structure and get numbers behind the ball. So, yeah, I'm excited to see how we go. Look, it's a long way to go until we win a final, but let's celebrate the little wins. That was going to be my next question. You beat me to the mm. pip there, which was, uh, it's all about, I mean, look, 
to make the finals is one thing. To get on that finals win is another. Um, look, as you said, let's take it one step at a time, but it's probably just good to see your team up and about. Um, yeah. yeah, for Blues fans, it was all uh, carnage, not only on the ground, but off the ground with a few Blues fans punching on with each other. There's a few tweets going around of their sons moving on and just playing uh, test match cricket on oh, the old game board that I used to love. Um, yeah, it's not looking good down at the uh, the blue baggers at the moment. It, and uh, it's, it's not at all. It's not good for the AFL either. Like, you know what? Like, I wouldn't mind seeing the Blues get a little bit up and about. I think it's good seeing 90,000 at a at a stadium at the MCG and pack it out. Um, we saw 83,000 at the MCG today for the King's birthday game. It's interesting how the King and Queen have their birthday on the same day. But um was an interesting one. Was there a part of you at that 27 seconds to go, Collingwood couldn't do it, could they? They're the one team that you think can. Yeah, well, they've done it to Essendon before. Um, they've done it to other teams before. They're, they are a very good last quarter team. But when you look at the stats, the next best last quarter team is Melbourne. So uh, when, you, when you're looking at two of the probably elite teams of the competition, we're looking at Melbourne and Collingwood. It was always going to be close. I tipped Melbourne. My tip was purely based on the fact that Collingwood's X factor inside and goal kicking midfielder Jordan Degoe was out, even though Melbourne was with Clayton Oliver. I think it's harder to replace a Jordan Degoe type player than what it is Clayton Oliver. Midfielders can be ready made and replaced easily, but someone that kicks goals and is damaging with almost every disposal isn't. So, no. yeah, it was a good I think game. Put on. Mate, that's footy insights for you. I agree. There'll be a few people sparking some nonsense at the radio, what you say there. But, uh, yeah, no, you're spot on with that. So it was good. But but I think the most important match of the round, and it's interesting that I'm the one bringing it up and not you, was uh, the mixed pigs taking on the delicious raviolis. Uh, as you take a sip there out of your four and one, thanks to the standard squeeze. Yes, um, yeah, my mob, I was all right with it. We were okay. We had a 21-10, and, uh, but you took the chocolate, mate. With a uh, twenty-one thirty-seven, well done, yeah, well done. Thank you. Um, I had no idea that we were playing each other until you messaged <laughs> me saying this is going to be close. So the joys are quiet because you had about a 40, 50 point lead on me pretty much from like day dot. My yeah. trade of bringing Jake Lloyd just ended up backfiring when I saw him out on the wing. But yeah, you kind of had held that lead on me. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and then yeah, with some. I made a couple of moves last week, and yes, I've only got eight trades left, but Ooh. I see a future in Ben Keys, as I said on the last show, with his new role at Adelaide, and bought him in, and he scored me a nice hundred and ten. And I forget who else I bought in. Darcy Cameron, what did he end up scoring? He was in the high nineties, I think. I think he got okay. into the he got into the nineties. Yeah, we'll get to we'll yep. get to his game. We'll dive in. Who was the third one that you brought in? Did you bring in three? Did you use three or two? Yeah, yeah. So I used the third one as cash saving cash gen, and I bought in Marrick from West Coast. I just went the one hundred and two k rookie straight away. Don't care how much he scores; he's going to be sitting in on my bench. The fact that he's one hundred and two k and he's going to be playing, West Coast are going to play him for the rest of the year. Give uh, Oscar Allen some help down forward. What do you score fifty odd? That's fine. You know, I'll mm. use that moving forward. But he's he's one hundred and two k. So yeah, no, I like it. Let's um let's dive in. I've got a few trades. I'll be listening along. We'll give everyone a bit of a wrap up. There were some big scores uh, this week, as I've talked about before. Buy rounds is moving rounds, but 
We dive back in. It feels a while ago now, going back to Thursday night, Sydney yeah. versus St Kilda. And Sydney, yet again, just a little bit disappointing. Jake Lloyd, as I talked about, started up on a wing. He was sitting on about 25 points or something at one point, then finally sort of started getting that ball a bit back in the back line. I think he scored something like 40-odd in the last quarter to yeah. get a respectable 74. But um, Ori Florent looked the goods with a 112, uh, Warner with a 107, Campbell with a 101, and that was pretty much it for them. Errol Goulden had a stinker with 62. Um, from a uh, St Kilda standpoint, Jack Sinclair, someone who's going to be getting talked about more and more, especially with Sicily, maybe mm-hmm. looking at a suspension with a 125, Brad Crouch with a 123. We've mentioned this name a lot, Wanganeen Miller with uh, 119. Ryan Marshall got his 119. Owens got his 116. And Wilkie playing very good all-Australian type football in the back line with a 108. Uh, Jack Steele, probably the only other notable there with only a 85. What did yeah. you see in this game, mate? I didn't see much of it, to be honest with you. I was uh, stuck with work. But um, going back and watching the KO Mini, it just it looked like the classic... St Kilda defensive style game, um, and they were just they were able to run away with it in the end. Collingwood just, ah, oh, sorry, Sydney just couldn't match their run in the last quarter. And Johnny Longmire's come out himself and said, "Look, they probably took the game on a little bit more. They had the momentum in the end, and we just weren't able to match it." So, I mean, when a coach comes out and says that, he basically acknowledges that he was out coached. So good on him for that. He's been a good coach for a number of years, but um, I think you've nailed the the uh, nail on the head, so to speak, in talking about Sinclair. Sicily, great scorer, but it's shown that he's inconsistent, not with injury, but with games played and potentially looking at another suspension. I don't think he should get suspended, but the way the AFL is, he probably will. Sinclair plays that safe game and he's always going to get you your 100 plus. Mm. So it'd be a good in for me if I could get him. I had a little bit of a rant on Twitter. It was actually just in a reply to um, another guy's post about sort of Sicily and where it's going. And I just, uh, we're going to start getting to the point that we're going to have to start picking outside handball receiving players because if this tackles keep standing up the way that it is, you just, those hardball tacklers are going to get caught out at some point. I mean, this is just a tackle that's kind of gone a little bit, a little bit wrong. Um, yeah, he sort of slung him a little bit, but it couldn't do too much as you coming in. But, it's going to be interesting for the fantasy types and, and they're going to have to, you know, the, those powers that be at Supercoach are maybe going to have to start sort of having a look at it and go, how do we how do we help people with this? Because it's just going to become a little bit of a rampage. Um, we don't want to just, just reward outside players. Um, look, we move on. Um, Western Bulldogs versus Port Adelaide. Port Adelaide, I think that was nine games in a row now at Marvel that they've got with their streak mm-hmm. at Marvel Stadium. They look... Definitely, I think the top three are definitely starting to show themselves in in Port Adelaide, uh, Melbourne, and Collingwood as the three top sides in the competition being the most consistent. Uh Bulldogs had all the footy at the start. They looked very strong. They just couldn't quite put it away early on. Mate, Tom Libertore, 139. Caleb Daniel, we talked about him just before last weekend of somebody that if you could get him in your side, get him in. He's not only going in the midfield, but he's going back in the back line. He's getting the handballs around the back. They are using him nonstop with JJ being out. Bonton Pally with a 125. Trelaw with a 122. McRae with a 120. Uh, Bailey Williams with a uh, 109. Tim English with a 99. A lot of people, me included, had him with the VC. Um, 
And then you had Bailey Smith and Bailey Dale with a 95 and an 89. Mm-hmm. From the Port Adelaide side, mate, Butters, I, I thought they played better than what their scores show. Butters with a 118 and Rosie with a 108. They've come out of their shell. I know Rosie was an All-Australian last year, but they've come out of their shell to really show the players that they are now consistently doing it every week. Uh, mm-hmm. Lockie Jones with a 117. Travis Boak with a 111. Um, and your mate, Ollie Wines, with a 92. Yeah, not really much to talk about here, is there? But I will give credit to Timmy English. He was minus four, wasn't he, in the first quarter? So come back and <laughs> yeah. get nearly yeah. 100. That's a, a big sigh of relief for the people that decided to VC or see him. Yeah, and I think I saw a stat somewhere which had, uh, what did I see? 5% of coaches who were in the top 5% had the C on him as well. So there would have been some serious panic stations there. For, uh, for quite a few in that situation. Well, but- yeah, there, there was a stat floating around that uh, Port Adelaide are the number one team for Ruck super coach points against. Yeah, yeah. Everything, everything pointed to him going all right. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of that came from when Tico was rucking, though, and opposition ruckman. Like, remember, Bailey Williams had 150 against them, the West yeah, Coast ruckman. So, I think it was, was that Tico's first game or second game? Yeah, it was one of the other. Second. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember yeah. what it was, but... I think the scores were inflated a little bit against Port Adelaide because of that experiment theory or experiment time they went through. So yep. it is what it is anyway. No, it's a really mate, it's a really good point though. Like a lot of people go and find one liners and one liners are great and stats are this and stats are that. You've got to be very careful that you don't just fall into the one liner. You've got to go and have a look at the little bit of the research behind it. Maybe try and find a little bit of the why. It's no different to handing out I handed out a thousand surveys on the weekend and it came back that uh, I had a hundred responses to it. And 99% of people answered, yes, they do like to complete surveys. Like, do you know what I mean? Like go and look at what the question is getting asked um, to make sure that you find a little bit of data behind it. So yeah, data is only good as what you get back. Yep. We move on to Hawthorne versus the Brisbane Lions. Um, talked about it at the top of the show. I was really impressed by my boys. Uh, it was really great to see. They're a different side when they have... Um, uh, Mitch Lewis up forward, and they have a bit of a spearhead up there, which was good to see. And even Kaczynski was flying up at the ball a little bit. So really good to see them square off. We talked about Sicily, massive 136. Um, McDonald, and it's just nice calling out these young boys coming through. Cam McDonald with a 113. Will Day with a 109. He is the only Will and the best Will playing in the AFL at the moment. 109, uh, everyone understands. If you know, you know. Uh, Lloyd Meek, 108, Impy, 106. Mate, Impy looks good. He's everywhere. He's doing a bit of the JJ behind the ball um, and doing it well, and they're looking to use him, which is nice. Uh, John Newcomb, we've talked about him a plenty, 102. Dylan Moore was getting some midfield time with a 102. Um, and Seamus Mitchell, because I know a few people still have him, he's sitting there with a 74. From a Brisbane side, I put the captain on Josh Dunkley, and he didn't let me down. He's actually put up some massive numbers lately, so I'll get to them in a second. He got a 148, Lockie Neal 102, Wilmont starting to really get a few decent scores on the board with a 90, um, and Will Ashcroft had a 79. Uh, I know a few people have brought in Hugh McCluggage, and he was looking pretty good before getting concussed, so he's already been obviously ruled out for next week. Before I cut to you, I just want to go to Josh Dunkley. 
And I don't yeah. think he's actually been talked enough about because he was just picked by everybody at the start. He was the sort of must-have forward that you were going to pick. Mate, he's – I mean, you could nearly just look at his whole season. His whole season has been 108, 117, 108. He had one game where he's gone under 100, which was against Collingwood at the G, where he got an 84, and I think they got pumped that game. He's gone 133, 140, 104, 109, 149, 103. And his last three games, he's gone 153, 146, and 148. These are humongous numbers. Uh-huh. Yes, superstar quality player, great person as well. But you, you dive into the stats, uh, five frees, four, no frees against, 11 tackles, 28 touches. High efficiency as well. So that's where he's getting his numbers. His tackles are huge. I mean, I was sitting there. So I, I was sitting literally going, locking, who am I putting the C on now? I've used my V. He's gone on on English. Um, who am I going with? There was Lockie Neal against the Hawks, who can always rack him up. Uh, there was Dawson and Laird versus uh, West Coast. Mm-hmm. And then Dunkley was the other one that I just had a look at. I couldn't help myself but look at, how he was getting his points in the last few matches. He was not only getting stats, marks, and as he said, tackles, and doing it in a very efficient way at the same time. It just became an absolute lock for me. I umdenard with him and Dawson, and then for me, it was just an absolute no-brainer. Yeah. I think a big talking point out of this, outside of Supercoach, is Brisbane's inability to beat a good zone and their inability to play at the MCG. So, you read my mind. You read my yeah. mind. Exactly where I was going to go. We said last um, podcast that this will be a test for Brisbane. They should pizzle Hawthorne, given that Hawthorne are a bottom four side still at the moment, and Brisbane are wanting to solidify themselves as a top four team in the comp. Finals are played at the MCG. We all know this. And Hawthorne made them look second rate. Yeah. It's really interesting, though, because like it's, it's amazing how a ground makes such a difference. But maybe it's the mm-hmm. travel component. Maybe it's the um, just how it feels when they're there or maybe it is the size component. There obviously is a different, slightly different dimension to it, but they've got to work it out because they're a team that has been playing prelim footy, prelim footy, prelim footy. They mm-hmm. haven't been able to break through the the uh, the barrier. And this was meant to be their year with the recruits that they've grabbed. Um, and look, I don't see them getting past a prelim. Big call here. I think Brisbane's almost done with Daniel Rich. He looked really slow. His kicking penetration is awesome, but he's just getting burnt off by everyone that plays on him. Uh, They're getting that separation. Teams are almost looking to go through his opponent. I think he's almost done at the top level. It's a big call, but it's not a big call. I think if anybody's been watching it, it's a big call in the sense of we're just so used to seeing him there and he's been Mr. Consistent and Mr. Reliable. But from everything you just said, spot on. I think they're spot on. I think you have to start looking at it. The game's changing. And if you don't have a bit of dash off half back, you know, you're kind of a little bit useless. I'll tell you one. If you, I don't know. Did you watch this game, the Hawthorne-Brisbane game? Yes. You haven't seen him. Do yes. you know who's got a bit of toad? Seamus Mitchell. He I don't know he had that much. He's quick. And we've still got CJ to come back into that side. He's um, the same. I reckon, yeah. I, he's, he's, a, he's a 14-year-old boy. Just, uh, yeah, yeah, he's... Uh, the flying well, I, was, I was so surprised at his toe, though. Like he, at one point, he was running away from uh, Charlie Cameron, and that's when you can see that you got a bit of toe. So, right. you, I'll put a question to you now. You're a Hawthorne GM. You've got the likes of Mitchell, 
You've got the likes of Josh Weddle coming through. Like two mm-hmm. have toe. They like to take the game on. They're both relatively good by foot. Would you chuck CJ up for trade? See, <laughs> mate, you and I think so much alike. I actually had a really good chat with my old man um, after the game, and I talked about that exactly. Didn't know if I talked about trading him, but I started asking whether CJ comes back into the side because the guys that they have back there now, they're good by foot. And mm-hmm. CJ does have the ability to turn it over. I still, I still think CJ comes back into the side for Bramble. I reckon Weddle's going to start playing as around that third tall because okay. he can play a little bit tall and short. Um, and then you've got Seamus Mitchell's having a bit of run, CJ to have a bit of run. I think they're going to be the two runners off the back line, but they've, they've just got to work with CJ on his efficiency because he's still the guy that really breaks the lines. Um, but I know what you're saying, mate. I'm always big on halfback flankers can be got rid of. Yep. We Taylor DeRay, Maddie Suckling, through those errors that Hawthorne was strong, you can get rid of halfback flankers. You can bring in others to take that spot. Go and let them get the cash. When they've had success, go and let them get some cash somewhere else. You look at Carlton, Carlton overpaid for Zach Williams, overpaid for a half forward in Jack Martin. Um, do you know what I mean? You've got to be careful on who you go and give the cash to and halfbackers are not the ones you give the cash to because you can you can groom them for sure, You're right. in my yeah. opinion. We move on. Mate, I could, I could talk footy, footy with you all day. Love it. It's good. Mm. Um, super coach-wise, wow. Tex Walker against West Coast. We saw 174 v 52. It took me back. I can't help it. It took me back to my 250th game in amateur football when we were playing against a side that had, a, I think, a percentage of around 42 or something. It was something horrendous. Yeah. And we just had on a string. It nearly wasn't enjoyable because it was just too simple. But Tex just made it look like he was playing against the Kingsley under 12s. He scored mm-hmm. 208. And by George, what a game. And I think you've done a bit of research. Did you have the research? And I hate asking a question without warning. Do you have the research still there on the on VJ Brown for the greatest super coach? Yeah, numbers? it was 200. I do. I do. I've just got in my notes. 256, I believe, was the highest ever score by anyone. Round 7, 2006, Jonathan Brown scored the highest ever super coach score of 262. So he had 18 kicks, seven handballs, 16 marks, 11 of them contested, eight goals, four behinds, one tackle, one free kick, four. So, and to think Tex Walker's still 60-odd points behind the best ever score. <laughs> it's insane, eh? And knowing, yeah. I, I love that that's the best score, though. Like, it's not some guy that just had 400 kickouts or something stupid or chip yeah. kicks behind the play. But, mate, what a game. 208 for Taylor Walker. Rory Laird with a 156, uh, Riley O'Brien with a 135, Rory Sloan with a 126, Rankin with a 118, your mate who you brought in, Benny Keys with a 115, Thilthorpe, mm-hmm. don't say that too fast, too many times, 96, uh, Dawson, bit of a quieter one, still scored a 95. Um, from a West Coast perspective, Bailey Williams was the only one who really put his hand up with a 131. Elliot Yo looked okay, but they were playing him in the back line where the football was all day, 113. Um, Gimby, I mean, it just shows where the team's at when the uh, the young fellow has to put up a 94. Tim Kelly with an 81, and there wasn't much else after that. 
Yeah, let's move on they, to the next one. Yeah. Uh, can, I ask, can I ask one question? I know it's not real. Are they – and look, maybe you have to take away like GWS or someone in their first year or Gold Coast. Are they the worst team in modern day history? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yes. I think I think Fitzroy would nearly knock these blokes over at the moment. They're just that decimated. Like when, when Campbell Chess is actually looking decent in their side, you know they're struggling. It's a, and to know that you can't sit back and go they're a young side, like a new GWS coming in or something like that, it's, it's not looking good. Sweeping changes coming at West Coast. Yeah. We move on to the other team out in the West to let themselves down. Uh, Fremantle versus Richmond. Always one of those that if I really gave a stuff about my tipping competition, would have thought about flicking across because once that rain came down hard in WA, we know Fremantle aren't the best in the rain and we know Richmond are. And that showed throughout this match with an 85 to 70 point victory. Shy Bolton, uh, 151, massive game. Vlostone with a 141. Timmy Taranto just keeps on keeping on with a 136. And Nankervis also doing the same, probably one of the most consistent years of his career with a 108. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke Jackson, Sol Ruck uh, with a 119. It's good to see that he's stepping up week in, week out um, and showing people why he has been recruited and to know that he's still so young. Caleb Sarong with a 108 come out today and said that he is nursing an ankle injury. Um, Andy Brayshaw with a 107. Aish getting knocked out with a 97. Was playing a good game. Um, probably two to really point out. So we talked a lot about Nat Fife, and I should have stuck to my guns and just made Nat Fife that uh, that trade for me. I know you don't live and die by one week, but uh, mm-hmm. he, he looked good with a 96. And uh, and Matty Johnson with a 96 as well, who's going to go up in price. Yeah. Jackson played well, but I think they missed Darcy a little bit in this game, especially when the, the wet came. Um, just that rough, rugged Ruckman who can tap the ball to advantage and use his body instead of just relying on his athletic ability. Uh, you're right. Richmond do play well in the wet. Uh, I think they played uh, that game really well and managed that game really well the other night. Freo came back a little bit, end of the third, start of the fourth, but really Richmond had like ball in hand for the majority of the game. So deserved winners. If you were looking at taking a punt on someone at a low price, would Daniel Rioli tickle your fancy? Oh, you're taking us back to nearly episode two or three where we talked a lot about Daniel Rioli and Liam Baker uh-huh. and those types. But 
I'm still just their ceiling is high, but their floor is low. And they continually, I just don't know where they're going to rock up and play. If I knew they were going to play in the back line week in, week out, I would have Daniel Rioli in my side 100%. We talked about it after round one as well. But when I don't know where he's going to line up, I just, you look at it, he's only had one, two, three, four. He's only had five games where he's cracked a ton. The rest of them are just sort of sitting in those 80s, 90s, 70s, and he yeah. had like 156. Where's your head at? I mean, why are you? Yeah, it just to me, it's it's not enough in this part of the season. No, it's not. No, no, we're getting down to the nitty gritty. I mean, if you got no no money left and you need to make a move, potentially, but not if you want those big high scores. There's definitely better out there. You've given me a good segue, though, because the next game is the one that I will be looking at, and I'm pretty sure the coach has come out and said, you know what, we gave it a crack for 10 to 11 games. He will now be playing back, and that is the best place for him to be. And from a super coach coach standpoint, Hilmerberg will be on my watch list for after mm-hmm. their bye. Yeah. Uh, if he's going to start playing the defense regularly, um, he's definitely someone that I'm going to look at. And they look better uh, with a 103 to 75 victory. Uh, Toby Green with a 119. Briggs just coming out of nowhere with another ton, 114. I'll have a question for you about him. And I think you've actually already pulled this trigger, but we might talk about it for our listeners. Uh, mm-hmm. Lloyd with a 110. Canelio with a 103. Um, as I said, Himmelberg with an 88. If he's going to stay down back, he's one I'm definitely looking at. Um, Aaron Hall, 120. Taron Thomas is another one that we have to talk about with a 112. Zebel with a 107. Lucky with a 101. She's God with a 98. Wardlaw is the other one we love to look at, a 94. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will make comment of Will Phillips with a 79. But he looked good. He had 10 touches in the first quarter, Will Phillips. I actually think he's starting to look quite classy with the ball. Um, yes. But he, he faded off after that first quarter. But North Melbourne also faded off after that first quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie Mazda, Eddie Ford, in oh, with 84 call. as well. So yeah, for people call. that didn't get too frustrated with his game against Essendon and held him, well done. Geez, their future looks bright with Phillips, Ford, mm. Wardlaw, Sheasel, Sev Larky. Get rid of yep. all. Clearly, Brett Ratton hasn't been watching the Insight Fantasy Sports podcast. My God. get rid- it- The frustrating thing is on the weekend, he actually didn't look too bad with ball in hand. But... Uh, and it's got me wondering, are they now playing him to try and increase his market value to try and trade him off at the end of the year? I don't think anyone's taking him. I don't think anyone's taking him. I really don't. I don't oh, think St. Bede's Mentone in the amateurs might take him. <laughs> yeah, I think, look, a few people have chimed into us and we love the bants on uh, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Keep hitting us up. You know, look, guys, we're not here to – we're not doing a cane corns that we're going to live and die by what we're no. saying and all this kind of stuff. We've said, you know, if you raise a good point, it's a good point. And some people are saying he's doing a bit of a leadership role back there. Sheasel's going a bit more into the midfield. I don't think it's doing anything for them, but um, obviously they've got to work something out. My biggest issue for North Melbourne now is – they clearly need to do some stuff in their back line. They need to work some stuff in their back line. I don't think Ben Mackay is your guy. Put that on a T-shirt. Um, but I don't know where you're going to go and get anyone. Like I've really, you know, Carlton have, Carlton have talked about wanting Ben Mackay, but what do you get for him? 
Um, you're not going to give away a defender for a defender, but I really like, I do like their lineup. I think they've got something to work with. I think it's just going to take time and they're going to have to go to the draft and keep bringing in pieces and, um, and hopefully it all comes together for them because they look all right. They look all right. They do. Um, we move on to, oh, I was going to ask a question quickly. I know we're on a bit of time constraint today. Um, Briggs. Is he, can you trust in Briggs? Can you now go and get rid of Marshall or English? And if so, which one are you getting rid of? Um, Well, I've got Marshall and Briggs now. I watched a a nice little segment that David King uh, ran, was it Sunday? Sunday afternoon after the game. And Briggs has gone from being the number three ruckman at GWS to being the clear number one and people are talking about him and in particular his tap work and the way that he taps the ball to advantage. So for me, for a media personality like that to come out and go, yep, he's the number one ruckman at GWS. He's got the back of his teammates. And since he's played, uh, GWS have won three out of four games. So it's a winning formula for them. I, I think he sticks. And I'm more than happy to play him as my R2 with the way he's scoring. So if you're me and you're going to take a risk now, you're going to look at it and go, all right, I've got 10 trades, 11 trades left for the year. I'm going to make some big moves come round 14 and 15 to really try and, you know, I'm not winning this thing. I've got to try and what have I got to do? I've got to swing for the fences to try and finish in the top 5%, which if I pull that off, I'll be stoked um, after where I was at the start. Do you drop Marshall or do you drop English? I have to choose one. Mm. Marshall. Interesting. We'll leave it at that. We'll express we'll get into it more in our next podcast leading into yeah. into the weekend on our live. Love that. I love that. Because I think that's some serious cash and he's playing too good to leave him on the bench. Uh-huh. Um Carlton versus the Bombers. And we're gonna wrap these two games up pretty quickly, mate. I know you need to get away. Um Bombers came out strong. They just look made Carlton look terrible. Uh Nick Martin has to be the biggest talking point. You've talked about him a lot. He's starting to move into that list of players that I'll be heavily looking at to be one of maybe the early picks next year, which means I need him to slow down just a little bit. But mm-hmm. uh, a massive 139, Ridley with a 108, Merritt with a 105. Hobbs is the one I really like, the look up with a 105. So I think you guys need to start looking at who you're moving and I've, you know, go and make some trades and moves because he looks good in that spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, McGrath with a 102, Redmond with a 101. Peter Wright back into the side with a 93. Um, from a current side, Chera is the one carrying this side at the moment, the 132, and Sam Walsh with a 93. Um, I know players have Saad, 81. Cripps just looks done and uh, and just toast with a 58, and Sincotta with a 52. Your quick thoughts on this one, mate, and, uh, and what maybe Essendon should do for the future? Yeah, I'm happy with Hobbs in there. Like I, I said it four or five weeks ago that if we moved Parish on and got a key back and some pieces, I would, I'd be stoked with that because I believe Hobbs is the future and I guess he's proved it to us. You know, you, you can see it early on that he's just got that nous. He can go forward. He can hit the scoreboard. He uses the ball well. He's smart with ball in hand. Yeah, I, I want to see him stay in. The selection drama that's coming up at Essendon now is Darcy Parish is going to be right after the bye. Who are you dropping? Yeah, I don't know. 
Uh, it's, it's a, you guys, you guys. This is what I'm saying. You've got so many assets now in that midfield. I mean, don't forget Setterfield started the year well as well. He's just been injured as well. So you've got you've got pieces now in that midfield that some your general your football manager has to have a look at this and go, "There's value. What can uh-huh. we get?" Yeah. And Bombers are now starting to look like a little bit of a destination club to come to. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to play at the G week in week out and have big fans going nuts for you? Yeah, with with Carlton too. My mum always taught me never to kick a dog while it's down. God bless you, Anna. So I'm not going to say a word about Carlton. Hey, Damo. <laughs> we move on. I can't. We have to just move on from that. It's brilliant. Today's game. What an absolute ripper. Setting us mm. up. It gets the it gets the blood flowing for finals footy because it had a finals football like feel. Um, look, maybe we touch on it more, but. Um, to Neil Danaher, the big freeze. What an absolute ripper. I love it. I love that. It keeps growing and growing Great and growing. Concept. And mm-hmm. what an absolute legend. So big shout out to Neil and everyone involved with that. Keep on keeping on. I'm sorry that we have a bit of time constraints. Probably deserved a little bit more time and I should have probably given it off the top. But yeah, mad respect for everybody and all the all the people that went down and uh, did the big freeze and the money that was raised. Yep. But Melbourne there was should have a- won this. Yeah, Melbourne yeah. should have won this by a lot more. Their, their inaccuracy in front of goal at the start of the last quarter sort of made this a little closer than what it was. Um, Carlton, oh, sorry, Collingwood nearly stole it at the end, but I think deservedly Melbourne won the game. Big shout-outs. Jack Viney, 156, got the medal and the trophy as well. Max Gorman with the 106. Salem with a 99 is somebody that people need to start looking at now. Brayshaw with a 95 is in that midfield, though, at the moment, so be careful with Oliver, although he is playing a better role. Um, mm-hmm. the role that I thought he'd be playing at the start of the year. Petrarca with a 95. From a Collingwood standpoint, Tom Mitchell with a 127. Maynard with a 119. Crisp with a 19. Dacos with a 118. And Adams with a 100. Darcy Cameron, who you brought in, that a lot of people are looking at, and I will be too after the bye with a 92. Um, he looks like a, a solid handy pickup who I think will average easily in the 90s to finish off the season. Um Mate, we're going to do, for everyone listening along, we're going to do a live um, on Thursday. Come to us with some trades. We'll start talking about that. It's getting down to that crunch time. These are the moving rounds, these last two. This is when you can start looking at who's played their buys, who's who's getting ready to really set you up for the rest of the season. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on our socials. Ask us those questions. I'm probably going to be using nearly five trades, I think, in the next two weeks to really set myself up to finish off the year. So I'm going to be doing some massive research um, as I know you will big horse. Cause you always do any final words, mate, before we sign out. Yeah. So uh, the molten fantasy pod this week, the winner of the squeeze pack is Daniel. Actually no Daniel. Daniel Peckham is a local Bendigo lad owner of the Maui mudsliders. Go and look that up when you get a spare 30 seconds. With a score of 2,264. So congratulations, Daniel. A standard squeeze pack will be on its way, probably in my hand to your hand when I see you next, mate. Congratulations. Well done. Well done. Love that. Love the uh, the support that we get from Stat Fitness and the standard squeeze for those packs. Uh, support now, those who support us. we uh got to give a shout out to standard squeeze as well. Jump on the website. Anything you order, Insight15, you put that code in, 15% off. Fantastic product, great for the environment, biodegradable. Get yourselves a a pack, happy days. You won't be disappointed. 
The more you get on and the more you use that code, the more free stuff we get to give away to you guys as well. So make sure you go and do that. They're fantastic products. I think we better give a quick shout out as well to anyone who's interested in NBA. Look out for our NBA pod that will be coming. It will be dropping on Wednesday. I'm pretty sure. I think it's getting dropped on Wednesday. So look out for Maddie Garrett, who will be sitting in the hot seat. I know you're in the first episode, Big Horse, and I think we've got our two NRL boys in, Matty O'Brien and Nathan Brain, sitting in there too. We thought five was too many, so I stepped out, but I can't help myself. I'll be stepping into the NBA pod soon because I think there's a lot of great chat going on. So, guys, we're bringing you all the news, sport, everything you need. We bring it to you here on Insight Fantasy Sport. This has been the AFL pod for Insight Fantasy Sport Podcast. Peace out. See ya. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.